Six World Music. Gary Six World Music. Gary Six World Music. Six World Music. Six World Music. Alright, hello and welcome back. With you as always, it's me, your boy, Chris Kovarik. Recently on unemployment and former history teacher. While the temperature outside is rising, uh, and we're at peak summer still today. Uh, today is also Amazon Prime Day if this comes out when I plan. Uh, but remember to not buy anything because the workers are on strike. Uh, whew, yeah, not to mention, <laughs> speaking of summer heat, um, I'm trying to recover from uh, thinking about the, that Gigi Allen uh, deep dive that I did. <laughs> I seriously couldn't stop thinking about Gigi Allen for like two weeks. Don't recommend uh, getting into that guy's brain for two straight weeks. <laughs> okay, so just a reminder of what this show is if this is your first time listening. And if it is your first time, welcome. This is the podcast where I review the weirdest of the weird music, and I give you more background information about the strange and esoteric music that is secretly all around us. I get inspiration from the beautiful r slash sixth world music reddit page where people are searching for all the weird music from around the globe every single day and every single week. I see my humble role here is writing the Bible of weird esoteric music. This is my sermon, my exegesis. So, welcome to the week 187, which like Easy Eek taught us is police code for murder. But actually, it's proto-breakcore, avant-gospel, cybergrind week. Now playing in the background is a good example of this. This is uh, Lolina with Let Go. So, Gary has also asked me to endorse some products for him. So, uh, you have that to look forward to. So how do I communicate with Gary, you might ask? Well, every so often he shows up, and uh... One of these times he showed up in my backyard, he just popped out of the ground, like, with a little drilling machine it looked like. Like a, it looked like some kind of tiny submarine. It was just big enough for one person. He told me about the following amazing product. Hey, Chris here. You know, over here at the podcast, I get a lot of questions about my robotic arm that's capable of crushing steel. Where did you get that? Who are you? What are you doing here? You're scaring us, <laughs> they all say. Well, Gary has given me permission today to tell you about Gary's Gary Cyborg Glimmer Placement Kit. <laughs> yes, you heard right. With Gary's Gary Cyborg Glimmer Placement Kit, your single, triple, or sextuple amputee, amputee days are over. So simply take the easy-to-assemble kit and install the Cyberdyne Systems OS, and then let it crawl onto your stump. Or stumps. Almost instantly, its tendrils will reach your brainstem. <laughs> Don't worry, it's supposed to tickle. And then you're set. You're set for life. 
Now, your new limb will take some calibration. <laughs> but, while you're calibrating it, I mean, who wouldn't want to crush concrete slabs with their fists? Or legs? Or, who wouldn't want to melt some nachos with the melt fun function? The possibilities are truly endless with Gary's Gary Cyborg Limb Replacement Kit. Kit. How did I lose my arm, you say? Well, it's a tale for another time. Um, but I will say, don't try to cut off your arm before you get the Gary Cyborg Limb Replacement Kit, because they'll know the difference. So send all of your neighbor's money to 950 Dixie Park Drive, Cookville, Kentucky. AKA, this is the dumpster behind the Cookville Depot Museum. Warning. Gary is not responsible for any damages caused by cyborg worms. Cyborg worms require constant maintenance. And also, don't touch the four buttons labeled Laws of Robotics. Good luck, citizen. Maintenance gets sold separately. Alright, what an amazing uh, product that was. Thanks, Gary. Okay, so now um, I've got six hot off the presses uh, samples of esoteric music for you. Um, so this was a runner-up. This was user melting imitations. Um, this is his pick, um, Conlin Nan Nancaro, with um, piece for tape. This is his example of proto breakcore. Okay, let's check it out. Keep in mind, by the way, this is from the 40s or 50s. Wild stuff, yeah. Okay. <laughs> see what I mean? Yeah, you gotta keep in mind that this is in the 40s or 50s. Um, did you see all those, uh, those, those crazy polyrhythms there? So, now if you were to make this today, you just have to pop on the computer, right? And make some crazy blast beats with your sampler. But now this guy, um, <laughs> he did this with um, completely by splicing tape together, uh, meaning he would literally take a reel of tape, cut it, and then tape it back together with tape. Um, this was the early way to, um, to achieve, like, basically sampling, <laughs> old-school sampling. So this guy, Conlin Nancaro, was an early music engineer based in Mexico City, though he was born here in America. He originally set out to create um, a completely self-playing mechanical orchestra, but he gave up and instead focused on early tape manipulation. This is what I would call historically a good move, <laughs> because this shit sounds unimaginably modern. Um, it was um, this song in particular was released in two thousand nine, but <laughs> it's because it was literally like you know lost, found stuff. 
uh, from his from his early work. So to me, he's up there with John Cage, uh, and some of his work uh, is seen as the beginning, by the way, of the genre black midi. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, black midi is is basically using MIDI technology to trigger sounds and everything on a computer. Black MIDI is known for pushing the boundaries of that. So imagine like a song having a billion notes or a trillion notes. <laughs> That's what Black MIDI is. Um, so we'll listen to a sample of that in a second, but I wanted to finish my thought here is that uh, Nancaro, he was kind of not seen as significant until the 1980s. Um, and then he was seen as a major significant composer, and he was granted the MacArthur Award, actually, in 1982. Um, so that's cool. He, he died in 19, 1997, so at least he got to has, live that sweet life for a little bit, you know? Okay, now let me show you a little bit of Black Midi. Not so bad, I can play this so far. Check about check out number five here. This is a Gary approved. Now, Gary's doing this new thing, where he's selecting what he finds to be the most approving, the most pleasing to him. Um, so this time, uh, user Doggy Styles got this. The song is um, Grunt, Myth of Blood, band Grunt. pick them. These new Gary approved picks, I love them. Um, this is a barn burner of a noise jam. So it kind of sounds like what I think it's like to be inside a microwave when it's going. Uh, but you're trapped inside of it with this guy covered in blood and he's reading his manifesto. manifesto. He's just screaming at you. Yeah. So this, this guy, Grunt, 
is a Finnish power electronics noise and industrial band. Um, that started in 1994. And he created what is called Grunt Noise. Of course, uh, his real moniker is Miko Aspa. Um, oh wow, I just noticed that the uh, cover is like a bunch of naked people. <laughs> it's like all in a circle, it's very disorienting. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> this guy, Mika Aspa, uh, he's a controversial guy, you might say. He has a history of um, just crazy lyrics and statements. Uh, especially in interviews, he seems to waffle on, on explanations of his, of his lyrics, having Nazi-like sentiments. Uh, but it seems like, you know, like Christian Death and, and other bands like that, they kind of are trying to stir up controversy, right? But I will say, <clears throat> he was interviewed for the Chronicles of Chaos, and here's a quote by him that uh, makes me doubt him a little bit. Here, here's what he has to say. I don't have special deep hatred for some races, period. So far, so good. <laughs> I don't necessarily necessarily like gypsies or street N-words here, but in general, I don't like the average Finns or Swedish-speaking minority either. I think it's questionable. I never write pure fantasy. Yeah, so there's some room to doubt right there, right? Dropping the N-word and not liking gypsies. Ah. Uh, yeah. Now that being said, his catalog of projects and music span from uh, power electronics and noise that's influenced by Godflesh and Einstein's Neubauten, Man is the Bastard, and Jero Jerry G G G. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> I love that band. And Masona. Um, and then he gets into like black metal stuff, and he makes it kind of like Burzum style, and he—it's all great stuff. The guy makes great music. I just wish he wouldn't say these horrible things that is within him. <laughs> but, uh, nonetheless, great pick, Gary. Thank you. Alright. <laughs> now let's check out, um, our number four. Now this is another runner-up, not quite the top here. This is from user Unbitious. Unbitious, instead of ambitious, you know. So this is Rudimentary Peni with Cacophony. So actually, Cacophony is the the whole album, so we're just going to listen to like the first song or so. Let's check that out here. Rudimentary P-Nice and shit, but... I suppose you know. Yeah. <laughs> See, told you the shit. Okay, so Rudimentary Peni. Uh, this comes from their second album called Cacophony, and this is from 1988. 
Yes, you heard that right, 1988. Um, so they came out into the punk scene in 1980, so, you know, pretty close to the start of punk, a little late, not too late. Uh, but instead of doing this this post-punk thing, you know, uh, that at the time was, was where it was headed, you know, introspective kind of punk, taking that, that energy and putting it inside, um, making moody goth atmospheres, like think The Cure, think Susie and the Banshees, that's what's coming up at this point. Instead, these guys come out swinging with anarchy, uh, and challenging art punk, death rock vibes, you know? This album in particular is a love letter to H.P. Lovecraft, um, and that's why there's all that chanting at the beginning. But think about, uh, I mean, H.P. Lovecraft fits in with that, uh, that goth stuff, right? But this doesn't sound like anything like goth. To me, it sounds like, like post-hardcore at times. Like, no, I go on, no, I go on. <laughs> sounds so much like post-hardcore. Uh, they're so ahead of their time that they skipped over hardcore entirely. And, and hardcore is, is uh, American, right? These guys are from London. London town. <laughs> they're like this, this time-traveling, these time-traveling punks, dancing around post and pre-hardcore at the same time. Um, and they sound American as hell. And British, although at times, like, right after that breakdown, they start sounding more like, like a little more British-style classic punk. Um, I will say, the, uh, the main vocal guy, Nick Blinko, also is an outsider artist in his own right. Um, he's done artwork for Six World Legends' Coil. Not to mention, they have ties with their fellow anarcho-punks, Crass. I think they have kind of a kindred spirit in Crass, um... But in conclusion, rudimentary Pina is the shit. Listen to that stuff, guys. Okay. <clears throat> now let's get to a CK pick. Woo! Okay, CK pick. This is our number three in our little countdown here. This is by user Enthusiasm Noise. This is The Locust with Safety Second and Body Last. This was described as Cybergrind and Noise. Where, it get, where our uh, weekly submission gets that part of the title. Alright. Now this is... It's just a great bookend next to um, Rudimentary Peni, too. Let's check it out.
Oh yeah, so uh, that cyber grind noise. Uh, oh my god. Uh, okay, well, first of all, before I go into it, the, the top comment for this uh, song is uh, I think it's time for me to indulge in some locust. This was from eight years ago. <laughs> that guy's dead now. Okay, so um, I love that crazy synth breakdown that happens at 30 seconds on this. It's just out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Of course, uh, you know, I love the amazing grind fest, you know, fast punk shit, too. Um, it's all math rocky, noise rock. Uh, by the way, this is from 2005, where there's some really interesting stuff happening in the genre of post-hardcore. Uh, oh, I'm glad we're going into post-hardcore now, too. <laughs> uh, connecting in with uh, Rudimentary Pina again. So, in 2005, let me describe the scene for you. It's splintering rapidly. You got Blood Brothers and the Locust on one side doing this crazy, noisy shit. You got Emo over on the other side, like Thursday and Emery. And then you got Mars Volta and Sparta in yet another camp going prog with it, right? Well, Sparta's a little little more emo. <laughs> Sparta's awesome, too. Um, so it was a crazy time, right? At the drive-in was, what, late 90s, like 97 to 2000, and then you get the real splintering happening in early 2000s. By 2005, it's madness. Um, my, one of my great regrets in life is not seeing the Locust during this time. Um, it's just this... Uh, I, love, I love how they use those cold, heartless digital synths. It sounds like... just really gross and, like, dull. You know, like, analog synths have this, like, warm character. Digital synths sound cold and lifeless and... and dystopian and cyberpunk, actually. <sighs> if you don't know the Locust, let's get into them a little bit, guys. Um, here's what they're all about. They started in 94, in San Diego, and they dress up in insect costumes. Straight out as the sixth dimension. Um, they started as a power violence kind of project, and, and uh, they shared actually a split with genre pioneers uh, Man is the Bastard. Remember, uh, remember Man is the Bastard? Uh, being a huge influence on that other band on the list, Grunt, with their grunt noise. So this album in particular is kind of late Locust. Um, this is like their fifth album, I believe. Uh, and the entire album is like a ten-minute song split into two songs. Uh, the guys themselves say that it's not a real album, it's just a song. Um, but it definitely has lots of distinct parts. Um, yeah, listen to this whole thing, listen to all the Locust. Ah, oh, man, they roll. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about our number two pick. So this is another CK pick. This one is pulled right out of CK. Me, by the way. Uh, just because they're so freaking weird. So this is from user Avog Odro. Avog Odro. Uh, so this is the band Ono with Invocation of the N-Word Queen. <laughs> This is uh, described as avant gospel. This is where the moniker comes from our week as well. Without further ado, let's listen to Invocation of the N-Word Queen.
from the prison plantation. I bring you greetings. Greetings from Black Death. Black Death. Brownsville Slumlord. Murder Inc. Murder Inc. Murder, murder, murder Inc. I bring you greetings from the arrest ride. The arrest ride. The morgue. The morgue. So now this one, I will confess I knew nothing about this band, but the genre avant gospel caught my eye when I saw it, um, as well as the offensive name as well. But god damned if it doesn't sound like avant gospel, you know what I mean? <laughs> After looking them up a little bit, they started all the way back in 1980. Whoa, we've all been sleeping on these guys, you know? <laughs> these guys should be huge. They're, ah. So they basically wanted to explore, they say, a darker side of gospel, experimental, and industrial. Um, and No Wave, out of Chicago. So, this song is modern. This is from 2015, if you're wondering. Yeah, that's, that's some modern techniques there. Uh, it's from the album Spooks. <laughs> uh, so, um, but like every song and album I can find by them, it's all crazy experimental and unbelievably bold. Right? This is crazy bold. <laughs> uh, their picture for Discogs, by the way, is them dressed up in KKK garb. Um, just so you know, by the way, they are black, so keep that in mind. Now here's what Brad Cohen from The Village Voice had to say from the 80s. Uber-legendary Chicago avant-everything cult freakazoids Ono are one of those radical groups who have earned the tag as one of the most influential bands you've never heard of. Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, let me show you a little clip. This is a clip from their 1983 album, Machines That Kill People. So this is early, early Ono. Um, by the way, it's all like this, guys. It's all epically amazing. I couldn't find a song that I didn't like by these guys. These guys are like the Chicago-based swans, but they're black. <laughs> they're like the Chicago black swans. I'm calling it. Chicago black swans. Okay, let's sample a little bit of this other song, Machines That Kill People, 
Esque, actually, ah, so good. This is why I love doing this. Finding cool ass shit like that—it's amazing. All right, we're gonna have to go on a commercial break, guys. So enjoy this amazing product by Gary. New amazing product by Gary. Hey, six worlders. Chris here with an amazing offer by Gary. Let me ask you this, tough guy. What's your plan for getting into Area 51? You think you can just? Knock on the door and say, Let me in, pretty please. I want some alien secrets, please, sir. <sighs> Good luck with that. Now Gary, however, wants to aid you in this cause. And that's why he's given me permission today to offer you the patented Gary's Genuine Alien Autopsy Costume. You see, if you look like an escaped alien with its guts hanging out on the floor, the guards are going to take you right in, buddy. Well, all the other suckers are gonna run up and get thrown out by the guards, beat up and everything. You're gonna get gently whisked away into their detention centers with all the true aliens. And then you can chat it up with those aliens, ask for your fortune, uh, get your tarot read, all that fun stuff. Now Gary, is, today, is ready to offer a variety of colors and shapes such as reptilian, classic gray, and green, as well as the illustrious Flatwood Monster. Gary even has a voice changer, so he can sound like a true alien in distress. It sounds a little like this. Okay, so when you make your mad dash to Area 51, don't forget to be prepared, guys. You gotta grab yourself a Gary's Genuine Alien Autopsy Costume today. You'll make everyone look like total idiots. So send your wad of cash to 195 South Camper Drive, West Wendover, Nevada. That's, of course, the other side of the Wendover KOA trailer park. So send that money today, and I'll see you guys in the skies. Welcome back. What an amazing product, and a timely product, too, you know? This is what's in the news right now, guys. Whew. Alright. So, this is the number one, top voted. This is from user RapersMart. Race... Rapers Mart. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is Melt Banana with Free the Bee. This is some more of that cyber grind noise. Oh, yeah.
catch those lyrics set free the bee don't kill out feed the blood don't keep out watch out free the bee let's catch up lead the greed to peel out your face bet give a shot it's buzzing ah melt banana <laughs> melt banana i first heard about these guys in high school in fact it could have been when uh, this album came out which was in 2000 that was when I was in high school. Um, so they're known for... This is a pretty typical song by them, I would say. They're known for these blindingly fast grindcore sounds, noise, experimentation, electronic uh, little flavors added, all with the backdrop of pop music. And of course, they're out of Tokyo, Japan. Starting in 92, actually, um, they quickly got recognized by this one American guy called Steve Albini. He was a busy guy in the 90s. Steve Albini, um, and kind of blew him up here in the States, you might say. Um, and in 96, uh, this is how I think I know them, is that they had this extremely popular video called Sick Zip Everywhere, showcasing their fast, furious, and kind of tongue-in-cheek style. Let's hear a little bit of that, just because this is the number one artist. Let's get, let's get into it, guys. Here we go. Sick Zip Everywhere. Wait, look, look, look on the map, man. No, it's right here. It's right here on the map. Uh, you, you just gotta make a left. No, right here. Make a, a left. L-E-F-T. Hey, I know where I'm going. Look, there it is. The voiceovers are off like Jeffy's. Okay. Sure hope so. What should we get? Hmm? I just want a lot of American beef. I'm looking for the best American beef. Give me 50 burgers. kind of fits in with grunge, you know. Uh, but they have this, this Japanese style, this unmistakable style that is, uh, you know, instantly catches on, I would say. Now, in 99, they actually recorded with John Peel himself, so this is what he had to say about, about them. Simply one of the most extraordinary performances I've ever seen and ever heard. Just mesmerizing, absolutely astonishing. I think he likes them. <laughs> um, so it can be, it can cannot be understated how influential and Japanese these guys are. When you think of crazy Japanese music, uh, you were th you were actually thinking about Melt Banana and you didn't even know about it, man. Uh, ah, <laughs> they're so good. Uh, any anime too, like if you've ever, uh, oh man, you know what has a really good soundtrack uh, is Fully Cooly, The Pillows. 
do the soundtrack for that. It's awesome. Yeah, grunge and Japanese are a beautiful thing when they when they mix together. All right. So that's it for the top six. Let's check out weird music news from Gary's basement. So, right off the top, uh, I want to tell you guys about this awesome vinyl I got. This is um, British Electric Foundation's Music for Listening To on vinyl. So, I went to Dimple Records here in Sacramento. They're going out of business, unfortunately. Um, but, they have some excellent records still. So, um, I'll shout them out, sure. Now, uh, if you don't know British Electric Foundation, they are basically pre-Human League, pre-Heaven 17. Uh, they're super experimental, crazy far-out um, electronic music from uh, Sheffield, England. Um, let's check out a sample of that, actually. This is a, a baby called Billy. Fond memories of uh, listening to this album in my college days, um, working in a psychology lab on the psychological effects of manganese exposure. Uh, this was before I knew Gary, but I would imagine Gary would have liked that. Maybe that's why he got involved with me, actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, so check out this. This is a baby called Billy. So now moving on, I want to shout out to, uh, give a shout out to my boys Diesel Dudes out of Oakland. Um, they're doing a big show in Canada called Terminus Overdrive in Calgary, actually. <clears throat> so it's next week on the 26th to 28th, so if you're in Canada, I encourage you to check them out. They're amazing. I don't know them personally, right, but uh, I just dig their vibe, and I dig that they were going on when I was over there in Oakland in the Bay Area. Um, I'm stoked to see them uh, taking their their EBM style push-up music on the road and playing with the likes of Health, Picture Plane, How Job, Neurotic Fish, all those excellent in industrial dudes. Um, so good luck, my greasy diesel boys. Let's check out a song by them, actually. Why not? You know? All right. Now this song is called um, Body Clench. This is again. Diesel dudes. Now their shtick is that they um, they do workout music set to like EBM.
Yeah. So imagine like Andrew WK, but um, but he's into techno EBM music, you know, and you wouldn't be too far off. Yeah. I can't emphasize though enough how uh, how <laughs> out of shape and uh, and greasy the main guy is. <laughs> I love it. And so live he goes shirtless and gets real uh, real animated with it and greasy. Anyway, okay, okay, I love Diesel Dudes. There we go. Um, moving on. It looks like everybody is going to be going and raiding Area 51 soon. The latest from the Air Force, though, uh, says that they encourage people to not try it. <laughs> ha. Gary says that he is indeed the one behind all of this, and that we shouldn't be deterred by the military. Um, he wanted me to ensure that everyone will be given bullet shielding technology once they infiltrate the base. Moving on, apparently last week, this was interesting guys, apparently last week um, the Siberian Generating Company warned that people should stop swimming in, the, in their lake filled with uh, runoff of metal oxide, ash, and calcium. Um, so 200 to 300 people I guess from all over Russia came for the wonderfully tropical looking um, glowing light blue and white waters for those sweet likes in Instagram, on Instagram. Uh, the Russian company had this warning to say in addition to the public, you cannot swim in the ash dump. The water in it has high alkaline environments. Uh, skin contact with such wastewater causes allergic reaction. And the bottom of the lake is also so muddy that getting out is almost impossible. <laughs> However, according to one person who took some sweet selfies, he says, it's not dangerous to swim there. The next morning my legs turned slightly red and itched for two days, but then everything went away. He went on to say, the water tastes a bit sour and looks like chalk. <laughs> he tasted it. <laughs> okay, so Gary wishes to send his approval to all the brave social media denizens of Russia, and he will bring gifts and fortune to them, surely. Alright, order of business time. Um, I think that uh, I gotta take a short break from making the podcast next week because I want to focus on really uh, sinking my teeth into this um, music contest that we got going for Six World Music. But don't worry, because I got big plans. I rolled the random generator, and I got noise slash bedtime core slash bassline. So I'm going to combine the sleepy bedtime core with the harsh noise and grinding basslines um, to hopefully make something interesting. I also plan on doing some interviews, too. I got um, user Curly B lined up. I just gotta <laughs> get that recorded, basically. I, he's down, I'm down. Um, so during the wait, be sure to keep getting weird, guys. And remember to send me any tips. Um, send them to sixthworldmusic at gmail.com. Also, be sure to check out uh, my website for shirts, sweaters, archived episodes, links to all these Gary's products, and more at sites.google.com slash view slash sixthworldmusicpodcast. Alright. So, with that, let's, um, let's listen to a little bit more Diesel Dudes. And, uh, I'll see you guys in the sixth dimension.
young Slavos Zizek. Yeah, a fellow Slav uh, for the ages. See you next time.